Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Uncovered podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm registered associate nutritionist, author, and a PhD student. The aim of this podcast is to provide you with evidence-based nutrition and health information, support you on your journey towards better health and better relationship with food and your body. If you feel like you need support in your nutrition journey, you can always email me or DM me on Instagram. All the links are in the description. So here is this episode. Today in this episode, I would like to discuss a very heated, I would say, topic in nutrition. And it's the concept of food addiction and or sugar addiction. Now, when you go online, on, on Instagram and social media, you will find a lot of um, big claims around, oh, I have food addiction or food addiction is this and this and that. So with this episode, I would like to delve a little bit deeper into this concept of quote-unquote food addiction, and I will explain why I use the quotes. Because it's really hot topic I feel and I think there is a lot of misunderstanding around the concept of food addiction and with this in this episode I would like to discuss kind of what the research the science really says about food addiction whether it's real not and does it really matter whether we define it as food addiction or something else the reason why I would use the food addiction term in quotes because actually it's not a recognized scientific term and the reason being is because the DSM-5, which stands for Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, actually does not include food addiction. But then some researchers, they have taken the DSM criteria for diagnosing the drug addiction, but more correctly, substance use disorder, and they have adapted um, the, this criteria for the assessment of so-called food addiction. And then as a result, we have this so-called Yale Food Addiction Scale. And this Yale Food Addiction Scale is used to um, supposedly diagnose uh, food addiction. And it's a 25-question survey, and it, it revolves around seven features of addiction. And some of these features include things like uh, the substance tends to be consumed in large amounts or over a longer period of time. Uh, there is a reduction time spent on important social and work-related activities because of the consumption of the substance. There is withdrawal, withdrawal symptoms. There is persistent desire um, to stop consumption. And the person can spend a lot of time on activities related to the consumption uh, of the substance. So I'm not going to go into too much detail. You can look at these seven features by Googling Yale Food Addiction Scale. But the the key thing here is that these features are very much re related to the addictive substances and whether we can really use this scale, this survey for food is quite controversial. Um, and one of the reasons is because well, food we really need, we have to consume food for our survival. It's not something that we really just can avoid, like drugs, for example. 
even sugar, even sugar we need, right? And so, uh, but but a lot of the drugs we, well, <laughs> all of the drugs, I guess, we actually don't need and they are harmful in sort of any amounts, whereas food, it's not, it's something that we really need. Um, and so according to this Yale Food Addiction Scale, people who experience three of the seven features, they have uh, clinically, clinically significant impairment uh, from their eating behavior. And they're classified by this scale as having quote-unquote food addiction. So despite the complexity of this scale, um, the core principle is the same as in other types of addiction. It's that the person eats certain foods compulsively and there is negative consequences. Now, is is food addiction a recognized concept? Well, as I mentioned before, the DSM uh, does not include food addiction. And then even if it did, would that be classified as the substance addiction, for example, tobacco or cocaine, right? Or it would be a non-substance addiction like gambling, for example. And currently the research community does not have consensus around the the type of addiction uh, if if um, food addiction was a valid concept i could have finished here right just to say okay dsm doesn't include food addiction but actually because it's a bit more nuanced and a bit more complex so that's why i think it's it's quite important and interesting even for me personally it's interesting to really understand the pros and cons and the, the different sort of sides of the argument um, and then sort of make um, some form of conclusion so the I guess the the pro side of the food addiction is the the fact that the brain system that underline f- drug addiction are the same systems that motivate us to seek natural rewards, for example, food, but also sex and other pleasurable activity activities. So, like in theory, anything that stimulates these reward systems in the brain can be problematic or can lead to problematic behaviors like addiction. But then studies show that food doesn't stimulate these reward systems in the brain as much as drugs would do. So that's, again, kind of the controversial side of the food addiction, that there is not such a high stimulation compared to drugs. And when people say, and then some even medical doctors so, so in social media, like, oh my gosh, sugar is six times more addictive than cocaine. That's just, oh my God, like, really? That's just ludicrous. That's just a ludicrous, ludicrous statement. And because, and if these statements come from medical doctors, people just believe that. But that's not true. I think it's very irresponsible to actually say that. So what do we have? We have that the food stimulates the motivational uh, systems in the brain um, but that's actually healthy. You know, we need to have that motivational and reward um, systems in the brain activated when we eat food because it's very normal. It's very natural for us to have pleasure from food. Um, because on the other side, if we didn't have this uh, stimulation of motivational systems in the brain from food, that would be problematic because like, if this is something that we have to do regularly every day, i.e. consume food... Like evolutionally, it makes sense that we enjoy it because otherwise, if we didn't enjoy food and if we just like forgot to eat for 
days, well, guess what? We would not evolve as species. We would just die out. So it's very normal that we like and enjoy food. Now, there is an argument that processed foods, our modern ultra-processed foods, tend to be more concentrated in certain nutrients, particularly salt, sugar, and fat, that would stimulate potentially these brain motivational systems um, to a higher level than maybe our brains have kind of evolved to be stimulated, right? So I kind of, I do agree with that argument that maybe we with ultra-processed foods, it, it, and that's why it is harder to sort of control ourselves when we eat ultra-processed foods because they are designed to really drive the, uh, the the desire to eat them and to feel that extra sort of feeling of reward uh, and extra dopamine release potentially in the brain. And so maybe as a result, these sort of foods in some people could lead to addiction-like behavior, addiction-like eating behavior. So in, in kind of support to this um, side of the argument, research suggests that some calorie-dense foods, again, rich in carbs and fats usually, and salt, are more likely to trigger this addict- addiction-like behaviors uh, compared to some unprocessed foods, let's say your carrots, right, or your apples, whatever. So, and I guess it's it's maybe even more correct to say that these are addiction-like eating behavior rather than it's a food addiction, a lot of this research that sort of supports some um, food addiction arguments is that they are done mostly in rats, in, in rodents, in mice. Um, and again, we can't really directly extrapolate the research from animals, from rodents into humans because humans, we have much more complicated eating behavior because of our social interactions. So it's not really correct to just directly extrapolate the mice research into humans. And also, apart from the social aspect, there are some differences in how our brains and our bodies are constructed. Obviously, we're not mice. Um, And the the food environment, all of these these things, they do play an important role in, in our eating behavior. Also, some critics argue that the concept of food addiction is just a sort of medicalization of eating behaviors, of common eating behaviors. And maybe it's it's sort of, it's a part of eating disorders or disordered eating behaviors rather than food addiction per se. So in general, the food addiction is not a valid recognized concept at this point in time. Maybe in the future, DSM will include uh, food addiction as a as a type of addiction. Personally, I doubted that it will be in the near future, but who knows? I'm only one nutritionist in the corners of the internet. And also, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about sugar addiction per se, because a lot of the sort of quote-unquote food addiction um, posts on, on social media are really around sugar addiction, right? So there are, there are a few things here to, to mention. First of all, sugar as a substance, it can't really be chemically addictive because this is something that we, we get as we as babies, you know, we get exposed to this from literally the day we're born. 
we get sugar from breast milk. And breast milk is the most natural food you could ever consume as a human, right? And I don't think there are people who would argue with that. So if this is something that evolutionary we're literally consume, consuming from the day we're born, then how can we say that sugar as a chemical, as a substance, is addictive? Well, it's not. It's, it's I, I don't know, I think it's as much as saying that we're addicted to, to uh, oxygen because, well, we cannot live without oxygen, right? But then what about these highly concentrated products with sugar? Now, okay, these are easier to overeat and easier to sort of not maybe control yourself around these foods, I mean, sugar foods. But then that doesn't necessarily mean that you're addicted to it. And very often what I find while well, working with, with clients and with coaching clients is that very often we people lose or have a sense of loss of control around foods because and when they actually restricted these foods. They are these forbidden f- foods. And this is actually a very normal behavior. When you restrict a certain food, that, especially if you like certain food, let's say chocolate, if you restrict this chocolate for some time, then when you do come across this product, this this chocolate, let's say at a celebration, at a birthday, Christmas, whatever, like you can binge on it, you can overeat it, but that's not necessarily because you're addicted to it. It's because you are restricting your diet so much that, you know, you hold yourself really tight and you, you try to control yourself and, you know, use all of your willpower. And then when you are, when you eat this food, then you lose control. Well, that's just because maybe you need to stop being so strict with your diet. And what I find with clients as well is when we work through this um, incorporation or uh, incorporation of the forbidden fruits back into the diet, forbidden fruit, <laughs> forbidden food back into the diet, for example, chocolate, like the desire to binge on these foods really goes down. And it can happen actually really quickly. With one of my clients, it was literally just two weeks and then it was Nutella that she was really feeling addicted to but then when we started introducing this food back into the diet regularly consistently like she just lost interest in Nutella believe it or not so and I I just think it can make really magic magical results when you change your whole mindset around food and around your trigger foods around your sugar foods um so yeah, with sugar and also one of the another sort of arguments is that how often do you actually crave just sugar, you know, just get the the bowl of pure sugar and start eating it with your with with tablespoons. Like I'm ready to argue you do not really do that. And by saying that you might be addicted to sugar, you actually mean that you are just addicted to sweets or you feel like you're addicted to sweets or to uh, chocolate, whatever. But very often, these are not just sugars. They are, it's usually a combination of sugar and fat. And actually, if we're looking even at the chocolate, most of the calories from chocolate are actually from fat rather than from sugar. And a lot of our um, sort of quote-unquote naughty processed foods or quote-unquote guilty foods, I don't like these terms, but you know people use them, so let's use them just for the sake of the argument. They're very often not actually exclusively sugar foods. They are a combination of 
fat and sugar and you know maybe some um, food additives to make things tastier and stuff like that so i really sort of invite you to um think about this side of the argument and be a bit careful when you use this term food addiction or sugar addiction because as i mentioned they're not currently uh, recognized um confirmed concepts and there is one quote that I would like to finish off with um it's the quote from a study uh by Haber Haberbrand et al 2014 it's called uh, eating addiction rather than food addiction better captures addictive like eating behavior and what the, what they say is this there is currently insufficient scientific evidence to label any common food ingredient micronutrient standard food additive or combination of ingredients as addictive so on that note i am finishing this episode and um i think that yeah it's not a very simple topic but equally it's not helpful to just say food is addictive food is addictive or certain foods are addictive because they're not based on the evidence so i hope that was f- helpful and if you feel like this topic would be uh useful to someone uh it will be useful someone to hear this episode and interesting please share it i will be super grateful and um until next time bye bye